Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is it's ready on. for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. And we're brought to you by Extend Technologies. Uh, XDNDAV.com. Hey, doing? gang. How you doing? What's going on? Can you put Chris through now? No, we're starting. We're leading he, with the good stuff. Yeah, let's bring Chris through now. Chris I mean, is I ready to go. Waiting on the phone the whole time. Let's go. Judas Priest. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. X T E N D A V dot com. We thought Chris. it would be a tale of Brian Hoyer and his homecoming. Man, that's a. Can I say it's a pisser? It's a pisser. That's what they say in Boston, right? It's a pisser. A pisser. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Chris, what's going on? Not much, man. How you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing all right. Christopher Price joining us uh, from the Boston Globe. He also has a new book out. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, you cover basically everything when it comes to the Boston Globe. And uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. I, you know, it, it's a weird time because you got the socks kind of sliding a little bit. And no one's really sure what's going to happen to them going forward. You, you, you got... You know, the Bruins are starting again, but Marshand is out for a couple of months, and you don't know where they're going to be. So, it, you know, you got the Bailey Zappi experience and Brian Hoyer and Gary Gilbert. and it, It's a weird time in Boston sports. It feels like a transitional time. The only team that we can really count on right now is mm-hmm. the Celtics. We really like the Celtics, and so I think everyone's kind of pushing all the chips to the middle of the table on those guys for the year. So the thing I'm looking at with Bailey Zappi, I've been watching him. Well, who do you think is going to start on Sunday before we get into that? Do you think it's going to be Mac, or do you think it will be Bailey Zappi? Unless Mac gets into some of that deer antler spray that Ray Lewis had a couple of years ago, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Bailey Zappi. I, I do. I in, in, look, the, the kid's done well. Yeah. You know, in, look, we can goof on Matt Patricia all we want, but he's been able to kind of craft this game plan for the kid for a couple of weeks now that's been able to kind of lean on his strengths and minimize his weaknesses, and it's all kind of come together nicely for him. Well, watching him, I, I think they've taken care of him. I, I'm a little bit surprised. Why? It, okay, why was it going so poorly with Patricia and Judge and then with Mac Jones, and why has it been okay with Bailey Zappi? Has it been like, I don't know, have the expectations been off so they can just take care of Bailey Zappi? Has that been it, or what, what's going on here? Yeah, there's a few things there. I, I think that the the level of expectation on Zappi is is considerably lower. The bar is considerably lower for him than it is for Mac Jones. I also think part of it's the schedule in, in matchups. And look, I mean, the Lions are not going to be you know confused with any sort of you know genuine Super Bowl contenders here. So let's you know, put that right out there to begin with. Um, and this is also you know this is part of a. a, a really a stretch in the schedule where I think if the Patriots want to be able to rest him, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac Jones, that is. And, and get Bailey Zappi some significant snaps. This is a pretty good opportunity to do it here. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's a handful of things. It's also, too, you know, they, they've gotten great performances out of the running game. The last two weeks from Andre Stevenson's rush for over 100 yards both weeks. Uh, Damien Harris is not going to play this week. But, you know, they've been able to get some really good performances out of the guys who are their offensive difference makers around Zappi. And so I think, you know, all kind of all kind of feeds into the conversation as to why they've done as or why he's done as well as he has over the last couple of weeks. Are you guys not missing Josh McDaniels all that much or is that something that people are harping on in the area? That's something that people are kind of harping on in the area. It, it, you know, the, the idea of maybe imaginative play designs, play calls. And look, a lot of that goes back to Brady and, you know, that obviously that ship sailed a couple of years ago. But I, I think that, you know, the influence of Josh McDaniels on this offense is, is kind of lost a little bit. And, and I think people would love to see him back. So, you know, who knows? Christopher Price joining us here on the show. Uh, Christopher, like, I'm going to call you Chris. I don't, I mean, I know, I know you don't mind. No, this is cool. Yeah, like, no worries. I, I, I thought with ever, the way everybody's ripping on the Browns and the way that – like, I had a player. I'm going to test to see how many people actually listen to the podcast here, um, or at least everybody's listening live because I'm going to say, like, okay, somebody texted me earlier this morning. It was like, people are going crazy. This is the, this is a better team than the team that started 4-1 uh, on uh, it, back in uh, 2020. Like, this is a team that should absolutely be 5-0, and oh, and that was a player. Um, but they're 2-3. and three. And a lot of people are being called out. Team leadership's being called out. Guys on the radio, me, I'm calling them out. Um, and the only thing that's stopping me from guaranteeing it is Belichick on on mm-hmm. Sunday. I'm like, ah, oh, they should be three and three, and they would be three and three, and they will be three and three. Oh wait, they're playing Belichick, and the specter of Belichick. And okay, the Patriots are well coached, and they're going to come out and they're going to run the ball. And if anybody can get to Jacoby Brissett, it's a Belichick defense. And I'm like, man, can't do it. Is 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 there still the aura around him that can win football games? That it's just it's him, and he's at two ninety two, and he can get to two hundred ninety three wins on Sunday because it's him. Yeah, yeah, there, there really is. I mean, look, a lot of that what we call around here in Bill we trust took a hit the last couple of years, but I think it's bounced back over the last couple of weeks and. Look, if, if they win on Sunday, it just kind of feeds into it a little bit. I, I think this team has the ability to get to, I don't know, it's like six and four, maybe seven and three, if everything goes well over this stretch. And look, with Bailey Zappi at quarterback, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, a fourth round pick, you know, kind of, it's, I, I, I think that, again, all kind of feeds into it. And, in, in, you know, the I don't want to say the legend of Belichick, but, you know, people are starting to kind of buy back in again a little bit. Not, you know, they're not all back on board completely because, you know, the, the argument around here since the beginning of time is, you know, it, was it Brady or Belichick? And I think, you know, Brady winning the Super Bowl kind of, you know, swung a lot of people back in his favor. But look, th- there is still an aura around the guy, around the league, in, especially in this region. And, and so I, I think that, you know, people are kind of coming back around to him a little bit now. Uh, last time these teams played, obviously McDaniels was the offensive coordinator, so there's a little bit of a difference there, and we'll see if Mac Jones ends up playing. But he was terrific. Uh, it looked like you totally outschemed the Browns from moment one in that game, and it was a, a total decimation. Uh, is there any thought that we could see anything close to that again? Is there any advantage the Patriots feel that they have that they were able to exercise last year that they could do again? 
I think there are a couple of guys who are absolutely key to getting done, to, to doing what they want to get done defensively. And it, it starts, in my mind, with a guy like Kyle Duggar, who I think is a, a really good, young, talented safety, who has played very, very well. When he's been healthy, uh, he's been able to slow a lot of tight ends. He's been physical against the run. He's really one of those emerging young defenders on this team who I, I think continues to grow and improve every week. Jack Jones is another one. Uh, rookie cornerback who who's played very well over the last couple of weeks, but really for me, the guy when you talk about slowing the Cleveland run game specifically is Lawrence Guy, who has been kind of on and off the field. He struggled with injury at times over the course of the year. When he's out there, and then you get Duggar, and then you get the rest of them, uh, you know, Jawan Bentley. I think this is a really good run defense, and, and I think one of the reasons why the numbers have kind of been up and down, specific to the run defense, is because. Guy has been on and off the field a little bit. But if he's out there, if Duggar's out there, they get their full complement of defenders. I think this Patriots team on the defensive side of the ball should be able to control the action on you, Sunday. You so, didn't even mention linebacker, sorry to cut you off, but Matthew Judon, who is the player of the yeah, week defensively. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the other guy, too, who's, who's – this is the first Patriot ever to have a sack, at least one sack in his first five games. Um, they've gotten really good pressure off the edge. The, 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 both, both he and Dietrich Wise have, have played really well when it comes to getting consistent pressure off the edge. So those guys are part of it as well. So, look, the numbers are kind of middle of the road in terms of points given up and yards allowed and all that um, because they've, you know, they've, they've had some defensive breakdowns at the worst possible times uh, at, the end of, at the end of halves, you know, two-minute situations, that kind of thing. But this defense is actually pretty good, and I think it sets up very well, again, if those guys are healthy going into this game uh, against the Browns. Uh, does the point spread surprise you at all with the Browns at home favored by, I think originally it was three, now it's around two and a half? A little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, I maybe, you know, maybe I'd flip that a, a little bit, but it, I, I think it's, I think these are two teams that match up pretty well. I, I really do, you know, given where they, given where both of them are at this stage of the season. So it does surprise me a little, but not, it, it's, it's not a huge shock. Uh, we're really curious because the Matt Patricia thing was so bizarre at the start of the year, and basically everybody was getting into debating whether Belichick had lost it. Was this a, just a total ego thing? How do you think this ends with Belichick? Uh, we finally saw what the exit strategy was with Tom Brady, but for Belichick, how many more years does he want to do this? Is he okay with just having kind of a middling team over the next two to three seasons and he retires? Is What, what is he in this for now at this point? He wants to pass down Shula on the all-time wins list. I, I think I think it comes down to that. Look, and he wants to be competitive and he wants to win Super Bowls and playoff games and all that. And I think he still gets a charge out of the week-to-week, you know, Sunday at one, the excitement level, all that. In the end, he, he sure he seems excited. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting thought. Interesting note here, Chris. It's also he has the same relationship with Don Shula that LeBron has with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right now. <laughs> you know, it, it's weird. To, and, and you, you should get, kind of give a little perspective here on that or kind of backstory on the Shula-Belichick thing because Belichick grew up in eastern Maryland, you know, worshipping at the altar of the Baltimore Colts in Don Shula and loved him and absolutely respected him and thought, you know, the sun rose and sat on him and, you know, and, and all that. And during, you know, the 2007 season, I think Belichick was a little bit taken aback by the comments that Shula had about, you know, oh, we didn't have to, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, talking about, you know, 
Spygate and then Deflategate. And, and I, I think that he was a little put off by that. And so the theory is that, look, I can't wipe you off the record. I can't wipe you out of the record books with a perfect season of my own. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to surpass you on the all-time win list. And so I think that's very important to him. He's really super competitive. And I think the idea of being able to retire ahead of Don Shula on that all-time wins list is important to him. And I think that's what he's shooting for. Chris Price joining us on the show from the Boston Globe. All right, talk to us about the book. Uh, you know, we're not the biggest hockey guys ever, but I do love history. And this is where it, like, kind of crosses paths here because, you know, we're Belichick was the coach of the Browns. This is like a weird six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He was coach of the Browns as the Browns left, went to Baltimore. You wrote a book about the Hartford Whalers. The Hartford Whalers left Hartford, went to Carolina to become the Carolina Hurricane, Hurricanes. Tell us about the book, The History of the Hartford Whalers. I grew up in Connecticut as one of those snot-nosed kids playing street hockey, loving that team. And it's important to know that in Connecticut, Connecticut is basically the DMZ of New England sports. Um, you, you're, you're either a, a Red Sox fan or a Yankees fan. You're either a Patriots fan or a Giants fan or a Jets fan. What, you know, it, it kind of divided the state. There was no sense of sporting identity, big-time sporting identity, to call your own. You know, there was no team. There was no big team. When the Whalers arrived in the 70s, and then they, they were part of the merger in the NHL, we finally had big-time sports. And this is before the all-consuming monolith that is UConn basketball, and that's kind of taken over the state since. But, you know, it, it was great to have a team and to have our guys and to have, you know, our players. And, you know, through the 70s and 80s, Ron Francis, Michael Ute, Kevin Deneen, that was a really good young team in the mid-80s that were poised right on the verge of success. And then there was a series of events the Ron Francis trade, a whole lot of really bad personnel decisions, and, and, and they picked the worst possible time to backslide because that's when UConn basketball was kind of ascending. So uh, there's still a lot of people in Connecticut who miss the Whalers, who love the Whalers. And look, it goes beyond the you know the the cheesy theme song and the and the iconic logo. And you know, there's some great memories there. And it was a kick to be able to go back and talk to these guys and the fans and the you know the owners and the it was just to kind of. Go back and revisit some of those fun stories from the 70s and 80s. It was a great nostalgia kick for me as a kid who grew up loving the team. And the response so far has been fantastic to be able to hear from these people who, you know, still the, the Hartford Whalers Booster Club still exists. You know, they meet once a month. Uh, you know, they, they it's, it's, it's just been a lot of fun for me to go back and revisit kind of my sporting roots. Take us through those booster meetings. Uh, what what hockey are they watching now? <laughs> did they switch allegiances? What do they do? There, yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of the fans are 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 now fans of the Seattle Kraken because of the Ron Francis connection. Um, and then inevitably, there's like half the team between '85 and '87. Like half the team ended up going into coaching or working in front offices or working in television. So. Let's say when, you know, Kevin Deneen's minor league team comes through Providence, they'll go see that team and they'll see him. They'll connect with him after the game. Uh, you know, they'll root for Joel Quenville when he was the, you know, the head coach of the, the, the Chicago Blackhawks. So there are a lot of connections that still exist for people there. And they kind of lean on each and every one of them. I do a podcast on Believe Network that where called Brass Bonanza. I went back and I interviewed Glenn Wesley last week. You know, going back and interviewing these guys and kind of connecting with these guys, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people still kind of have that in their sporting memories. You know, I, I joke with people, it's, it's our curse to root for a team that doesn't exist anymore. 
Are there pictures in the middle of the book? There are not. That's a whole other separate publishing story. We oh. couldn't find some. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing there. So no, there are no. But there's a really nice picture of me though on the back flap. If you're just oh, that's kidding. nice. Yeah. Chris Price joining us from the Boston Globe. There. So I mean, it's not just a story of them leaving, is it? I mean, it's, no. it's the story of the birth and everything like that, right? Yeah, yeah. From the seventies and eighties and the wild WHA times, where their their first game in Philadelphia was was called off because the, the Zamboni broke the ice. Um, wow. You know, I mean, weird, fun, bizarre, kind of out of left field stories like that. Like they, they, they had attack dogs in the, they had to put attack dogs in the, the locker room because, um, you know, someone broke in and stole their equipment and the attack dogs were taking dumps in the locker room. And so it is a <laughs> wow. whole, yeah, there's, there's all these fun, weird, bizarre, you know, WHA kind of stories, but then they kind of got legitimate and they went to the NHL and the NHL was kind of, you know, kind of a little bit more corporate and there's still some fun stories with that, but, but it's just this great compendium of stuff for 25 years that it was just so much fun to go back and, and kind of take a look at and kind of revisit and not just for me personally, but for a large group of people who still love the idea of hockey in Hartford. Was hockey better when the players didn't have helmets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can identify with him. I mean, it was 100% more I remember. No, yeah, he's laughing. Ken, are you crazy? Ken is laughing Sorry. at me because I Stop remember watching in the late 80s that the guys that were not, the guys that were grandfathered in would be on the ice not wearing helmets with like 30 other guys wearing helmets. And I was always <laughs> like, this seems very dangerous. <laughs> Wasn't Craig, I think Craig McTavish was yeah. the last guy. Yeah. He was the last guy who was grandfathered in. I think I want to say he was part of those Rangers teams in the early '90s, if memory serves. And seeing him skate around the ice with no helmet on, and now you go back and you, 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 you'll, you'll see a game on the NHL Network, like a throwback game, and you're like, "Wait, that, that's not right. Something, something's wrong there." But it almost—I always wondered if everybody would kind of subliminally take it easy on them, or <laughs> so, subconsciously take it easy on them because right. they didn't have a helmet. He's right. When I was a kid, Chris, so like how. I'm 36. I got to date you. How old are you, Chris? I'm 53. Okay. When I was a kid, like every, I would see this. I go, why is the one not wearing a helmet? Shouldn't he wear a helmet? I didn't know about the grandfathered rule. I didn't know that. I'm like, why is he not wearing the helmet? And then why? Why are the other ones wearing the visor? Why are they not? The other ones not wearing the visor and all the other stuff. Because when I was a kid, like Lyman, I had a big podcast once after the show about this when. Um, Last year when the NHL came back to ESPN and how much like we used to watch hockey on ESPN here because we didn't like we don't have an NHL team here. And like, I don't know, Chris, like I just I don't I never liked the Steelers and the Pirates or whatever. Like I'm I'm an Indians now Guardians fan. Like I I never I just I just felt weird being a Pirates fan or a Penguins fan. So it's like I don't I don't care. And Mm -hmm. so. I but I watched hockey on ESPN and then that went away and it was like well you know it's, I don't have a hockey team and it's just not on my product ladder and I never played hockey I never skated so it just went away and, but I remember watching hockey and Gary Thorne and everything and so we went back to that and like how much it really hurt the general fan of hockey that it, it went away from ESPN I know there's a lot of things that are anti ESPN now and I understand that but it did hurt the general interest of hockey back then. And I remember just watching so many things that I was just generally interested in the game because I just picked up on it naturally because that's always where the TV was set to 
when I was a kid. And so now you're kind of, I'm kind of picking it up back then, but I love the history of it because you're mentioning the Hartford Whalers and the old WHA because anytime we mention hockey, there will be a lot of Cleveland fans. Chris Price joining us on the show, Boston Globe. He's got a new book, Bleeding Green. It's about the history of the Hartford Whalers. There will be a lot of people quick to jump in and they'll bring up the old Cleveland Barons uh, from the World Hockey Association and talk about how in the old Cleveland arena, way back when, like the place was packed, like standing room only. They had great attendance. Everybody loved them. And then they had like a season where they had like a combo. Like it might have been like a couple of teams combined and they played at Richfield Coliseum and attendance was dreadful. And they yeah. were only around for like a year. And then I think they became like the San Jose Sharks. And it really hurt hockey in the town. Mm-hmm. Really hurt hockey here. So, it's like, it, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm not. I know you wouldn't know the history of Cleveland hockey, but it's like weird. Like, I don't know. Like, the NHL, did it hurt ho- hockey in Hartford? Obviously, yeah. you know, they, lo- they they left, but did it kind of hurt the general fan interest in the long yeah. run? Yeah. It, it was it, it's interesting, Ken, because I, I think a lot of people. One of the things I discovered: a lot of people in Connecticut weren't necessarily, absolutely, as you mentioned here, kind of pure hockey fans. They were more Whalers fans, and this kind of speaks to the idea of, and this is something that the former owner Howard Baldwin told me, was that in a lot of ways, because of the market, because of the community, because of their standing in the NHL, the Whalers were a lot like the Green Bay Packers. They were a small market team with super deep roots in the community. You could go to the, you know, you go to the grocery store, and you could see the guys. You know, you could you could see them. You know, they would volunteer in the community. There was a real sense of connection between the fans and the players. And look, I know everyone says that. I know that that's something across the board in professional sports. Everyone talks about the connection to the fan base and all that. It really existed in Hartford for an extended period of time. They really made it work. And when the Whalers left. They've since tried to bring in minor league teams. There's a Hartford Wolf Pack, which is a what do you know? I, I, believe, I think I'm not 100 percent sure they're they're Rangers affiliate right now, and the numbers are good, the attendance is good, but there's not that same level of connection. And college hockey, one of the really interesting things we're seeing now in Connecticut is college hockey is really kind of surging. You know, UConn's got a really good team, Quinnipiac's got a really good team, Yale's got a really good team. And so I think we're starting to see a resurgence in the sport of hockey, but a lot of people who followed the Whalers back then were more Whalers fans than hockey fans because of that connection with the team, because of that connection with those players, the owners, whatever the case may be. And that was one of the reasons that really, for me, is one of the reasons why this franchise still resonates with a lot of people, because the roots that they put down in the community are still so deep. They have... The Hartford Yard Goats, double-A team, double-A baseball team, has a Whalers weekend every year. And, like, 30 guys come back, a Whalers reunion weekend. And they sign autographs, and there's a dinner, and there's there's all sorts of stuff. And this is a team that's been gone for 25 years. You know, like I said, I mean, something about this team and in in that town and the players and the community, it all kind of, you know, gelled for for a while. And and it's still – Like I said, it still resonates with a lot of people in New England. Chris, we can't thank you enough for the time. Now, everybody remember, the book is called Bleeding Green. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm looking at it on Amazon, so I'm sure it's available everywhere. It's available in Kindle. It's available in hardcover. Makes a great gift for the hockey fan. Everybody check it out. It's fantastic. Chris, we can't thank you enough for the time, buddy. All the best. Thank you, my friend. Take care, and we'll talk soon. You too. Christopher Price, Boston Globe, talking some pats, talking Bleeding Green as well, that new book from the Hartford, about the Hart- history of the Hartford Whalers. Good stuff from him. How you doing? You doing well? Uh, are you at all worried? He said that he thought the point spread should be flipped. The Patriots maybe no, should be favored in this game. I'm not. Well, I mean, the Browns are, I mean, the Browns are down bad just because of their – they're psyche right now, but I mean, coaching yeah. wise, isn't it amazing how quickly the tenor of the conversations change in the NFL about your coaching? It it really does. It really is amazing that, like, take for instance the Patriots. They were the laughing stock yeah. at the start of the year about having Matt Patricia run the offense. Took um, I keep wanting to call him Curtis Lowe. Curtis is it Curtis Strange, the kid out of the out of Tennessee. Curtis Strange was the golfer. Yeah, out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Strange. What the hell is his name? The guard out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Come on. Somebody. Strange Patriots. Things. No, he's the guard. I was watching Stranger. him today. Cole Strange. You guys Cole have no Train? damn help at all. The kid who was supposed to be like a third-round okay. pick, and Belichick took him to the back end of the first round. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I told Remember you. Remember they showed Sean McVay laughing his ass off? Oh, that's right. That was the one. And now I, they have like the same record. I told you, yeah, boy, that's kind of interesting. Where's Odell going to end up? I, uh, I I sit here and I wonder: is there a, a big coaching, like just the perception of our coaching? Think of how it changes, and like everybody respects Stefanski's ability to run an offense. How yeah. could you not? How could you not? I mean, they that their their numbers are all off the charts. Their throwing numbers are off the charts. Everything. 
So there's like no debate right now about Stefanski around the league about what he's capable of in terms of coaching up an offense. The question I think people have right now around the NFL is, is he an offensive coordinator or is he a head coach? Um, I, I think that when it comes to Stefanski, he is a guy who – Stefanski is a guy – he is the analytics darling. You know, I go back to Cool Ray's call because at first I was like, what's he saying? Because he's like, I wanted Stefanski. I'm like, well, no, Stefanski's been a good head coach, but you need leadership – and this whole waiting for Watson thing, like, guys, you guys are putting too well, much. Well, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous thing. Like, the cart could be already out the barn with no e-brake on by the time he comes in and plays. Like, you got to have – this is what's so dangerous about this. Like, guys, you're letting wins get out of there. When you lose three games yeah. by a combined six points, you're letting wins get away. That's how the Raiders feel. Exactly. The, the Raiders are one and four, and they don't, and they've they been don't have game. a parachute. Like, like we feel no. like Watson is a parachute. Let's be honest here. Yeah. But when you're letting these wins get away, and then I hear like that's why I got I got mad at Jason. I really did. I go, what What are you talking about? This whole wait until next year thing. Don't give me that wait till next year stuff. Who knows what's going to happen this off season? Losing makes people do crazy things, and especially owners. Owners are glorified fans. So don't be doing that stuff. Don't be thinking that way. Like we got to get into that tomorrow. Like, damn it, you got to win these games. Don't be sitting here talking about this this garbage about. Well, we'll wait until until Watson comes back. You really want to put that on him? You want to be four and seven? Because this is what you're going to feel. You're going to be pissed off either way. Four and seven. If you're four and seven by the time that Deshaun Watson comes back, and say Watson does go five and one, say you miss the playoffs at nine and eight, you know how pissed you're going to be. You know how pissed you're going to be at Kevin Stefanski over the loss against the Jets, over the loss against the Chargers and Falcons? And say you are 4-7 and seven and you still don't make the playoffs and Watson in that great. You still know how mad you're going to be that you put your quarterback in such a tough situation to go out there and flounder? You're going to be mad either way. You're setting yourself up to be mad. Don't do that to yourself. Don't put the quarterback in that situation, especially when everybody called us up last week. I'll put this back on the fans, too. When the fans called us up last week and said, well, he's really good, but he's not Mahomes. He's not Allen. Okay, well, you expect Mahomes and Allen to do that, so you're telling me right off if you don't believe he's Mahomes or Allen, which is fair, by the way, but if you believe he's not Mahomes or Allen, then why are you putting all that pressure on him when he comes back December 4th? You wouldn't even want to do that to Mahomes or Allen. I think, first of all, in terms of putting pressure on him, I don't think fans really care if they're putting pressure on Deshaun Watson. He's he's not. He wasn't drafted here. He hasn't lived here until recently. I don't think they care about that. They just assume he's the next superstar that can deal with pressure regardless of whether it's there or not. But but i got to look at this from a realistic situation. The man hasn't played football in two years. This isn't a video game, dude. Like, i got to get him acclimated. I know it's Houston, and Houston isn't that good. They're still professionals. And they're still going to give him their best shot. And so he's got to get acclimated. I was was somebody who poo-pooed the time off thing because I, I would bring up, oh, Joe Burrow was injured. He was out for such a long period of time, came back, he was fine. I'm yeah, not there were saying few he's going to be terrible the but, whole six games. But then but. what I'm seeing around the league is that quarterbacks in new systems are all struggling. 
Now, I still think Russ is dealing whether with Whether it's the Derek hand. Carr, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Boom. Russell Wilson. I mean, Aaron Rodgers a few years ago. They like these, these guys get new coaches, and it does take some weeks to get acclimated. Last Thursday, they put up a graphic because they were going after Russ because Russ started really pay, playing terribly last week. And they put up a graphic of all these quarterbacks that are in these new places and how much they were struggling. Yeah. They had Watson on there, and they just said he was suspended for the yeah, first we'll 11 see. games. But all these quarterbacks in these new places who were supposed to really compete, I mean, they're struggling. Carson Wentz, it looks like his career is over. Baker is in a weird space right now. No, I mean, it, we looks, don't even, it looks bleak. It, it looks it looks unfair. and bleak. Well, it's not unfair anymore, but it's certainly bleak at this point. Um, Russ, I, I, I bring up the finger. I mean, you you have you you brought up Derek Carr and the new offense there. I mean, there's so many different situations now that just don't look any good. Matt, I mean, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan on the other end of the spectrum in, in, against in, with Indianapolis against Denver, that offense sputtered. Mm-hmm. And and one of the biggest conversations is what were they were going to do at the left tackle position, where you have the um, the kid from Austria who had his hands full back last Thursday night, and they're going, well, he's either going to sink or swim, sink or swim. We're going to do it. And I'm going, man, Matt Ryan, 37, 38 years yeah. old, he's got to deal with that. So you they got all can't guys. be Chino Smith, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady, new new head coach. We got to figure out what he's going to do now because he's got his personal problems mm-hmm. that he's having to deal with here. You know, guys are it's 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 not the same type of thing that we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know right now how to really even. I guess as we get closer, because he's in the building now, you're going to start hearing players talk about how great Watson looks. Yeah, I wonder if you're going to hear that from Stefanski. And Andrew Barry will talk at the halfway point, I'm sure. Um, that's typically what they do. Are they going to talk Watson up? Let's imagine they're around 500 or a game below 500 in the lead up to him coming back. Are they going to talk him up like new season now? Or are they going to say, hold on, this is not easy. All these other teams have been playing all year. Mm-hmm. They've been taking hits. He's coming in like it's the start of the year. I'm really curious to see because I don't know what that answer is going to be. Can I share another thing with you? I meant to share something about the Guardians, but we'll we'll do that maybe during the show or another time because I don't want to go attacking customers there because our one of our bosses brought up something, and I'm like, I don't know if that's good customer service either on the air or on the podcast. I spent 30 minutes with my doctor on the, sh- on the uh, phone yesterday. Does your Do you ever have like a fear – play into your mind about either a sickness or a physical other a different physical ailment i brought this up to you pink 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 eye pink eyes have taken out the limas for five generations and i'll be damned if it doesn't take me out okay that should be a walk-off but i can't (laughs) no okay I'll, i'll be honest i have just always assumed um and it's a pretty good bet considering the numbers out there i've always assumed i'm going to Get diagnosed with cancer, and then it's just how how easy is the cancer to manage or how difficult is it? Because I've had it happen to my family Ugh. with so many people in my family. And so I didn't care Jesus. when I wasn't with somebody. Oh. When I wasn't with somebody, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be terrible, but it'll just be me. So I won't be a burden on anybody. It'll just be me. I'll have to take care of it. That's pretty blue. And uh, when I go, I go, and you know, you, you only have so much time on this earth. Now I have a family that I'm responsible for. And I'm like, I can't let anything take me out. This is like no joking matter now. So I got that back shot on, a, which people are like, back shots, Ken. Oh, you <laughs> blow my back out. Yeah, not, yeah. Okay, whatever. Fine. 
That, that, that should be played at the end of the <laughs> show. Boy, that would sure as hell make some people stand on that it and go, good. what did he just say? <laughs> anyway, um, so I got my shot in my back on Friday, right? And uh, Sunday, I, I overdid it. I should have I just went to the stadium and went home and maybe did a call-in with you and that's it. And I went up the West Third Bridge and I, I knew that my back wasn't going to feel immediately 100% better because I got a herniated disc going on in my back. Either way, I spent 30 minutes on the phone with my doctor yesterday. And I'll name <laughs> names. I'll name names. My doctor, uh, Dr. Dornan, uh, Curtis Dornan, and who's a great man, great doctor. And he doesn't need – I was like, I texted him. I said, hey, can you give me a call when you get a chance? And he I, – sometimes I think he just – he's got to be rolling his eyes. But he calls <laughs> me. I mean, he's a doctor. He took the Hippocratic Oath and everything. And he called me, and I said, I'm like, hey, man, I am living in just – mortal fear that after I got this shot in my back that my back is going to just lock up again because you saw me with my herniated disc my my, because I had a herniated disc about seven eight years ago and I got the shot from the clinic and it worked very very well and and I did what a lot of people what just about everybody else does I took myself for granted and didn't take care of myself for a long time and I got in a really good rhythm of uh you know working out and all that stuff even though it didn't look like look like that and uh the herniated disc flared back up again and i told you i think i know how i did it. i think i did it on the assault bike tone the assault re- bike assault says, re- says mike florio yeah, and adam schefter i re re-aggravated my uh my herniated disc and my uh l5 and i and i have been kind of walking around this week gingerly and i had to be on the phone with my doctor for 30 minutes and he was just reassured. I'm supposed to call them tomorrow to follow up. Like, Hey, it's been a week. How do you feel? And like, I've been able, I stood out there. I talked to Tom for about a half hour and all the other stuff. And like, I don't know, Tony, have you ever felt that way? Like, cause I'm like terribly de- I'm terribly desperately nervous. Like my back's gonna lock up again. I'm like, and my doctor's like, you're not, he's like, I'm reading like, I'll read you your chart to you. You're not going through anything that's different than what millions of Americans go through of adult Americans go through. This is something Mm -hmm. that right now, a lot of other people go through as I'm saying this sentence to you. And he's like, yes, you are obese. (laughs) He said he had no problem saying that. I respect that. And he's right. Judges are allowed to uh, body shame. I mean, judges, Uh, doctors, doctors Doctors are allowed to body shame. I've, I've encouraged it. I always think it's weird. Like I've, I've gotten some viewers who have su- seeked me out. I, I always want to kind of call them out by full name. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my full name's up there, and you've seeked me out on Facebook. Why don't I just post your post your comment? Put that out. I got so many thousand people that are Facebook friends with me. Why don't I just po- mm-hmm. Why don't I just copy and paste your comment and show everybody what you just did? What you just you found me on my personal Facebook. Oh, people! That my family members come and oh, find me. Oh, yeah. That that I have. Oh, yeah. See, you're just getting this now. I, I that rude awakening came for me a decade ago. People, people would why, say vicious, mean that's things, why I like radio and they more. find you on your Facebook. And then if they're not friends with you, they're filtered messages. Uh-huh. I went back and looked at my filtered messages, like I don't know, like six months ago, and I had forgotten how nasty people were. There like was, on the first day that I that I tried out for the radio show, yeah. just all these different times, people come out of the woodwork. See, that's why I like radio more because I do think it's a more. Per- I'm having mm-hmm. a more personal relationship because yeah, people on, don't know tv people you're only on for two minutes and i think they just think you're just up there and i don't think it's real to them no. i think you're just a 
I think they think of you just as a character in their play on television. Where in radio, there's more time we spend with them. And so, like, I kind of get to know you in a way more. Because I don't get that on radio. I've gotten a few of those. Like, I don't get inundated now. Like, I don't get any of the stuff that some of... Some of the women on TV around here, they get horrible things. But, like, some guy, some guy named William sent me this thing. I woke up 3 a.m. I wake up at 3 a.m. You know, you're really nothing but a fat-ass bleep, and you should be ashamed to look yourself in the mirror. You think you're funny, and really you're not. And I said, and I I looked. I, I couldn't help myself. I just looked at his stuff, and I go, uh, yeah, we're not going to be sending anything really nasty back to this man because uh there's a risk assessment there, there. is a yeah there's yeah. definitely i've done de- that before you definitely have to look and go yeah this this might be i've had it tuned up kenny, i can't be home all the kenny, time and this 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 man might show up in a driveway kenny at some i point. i've had stuff tuned up and ready to go and i think back like Bomani Jones is notorious for going after anybody who rips him mm-hmm. and he does it in a funny way some of it's probably thin skin but he does it in a funny way the thing is, it's one thing for Bomani Jones to make fun of somebody who's in Alberta, Canada, all right, or somebody who's far across the country. When it's people that are conversing yeah. with us, they could live in our backyard. Oh, I had a guy, I had a guy, they could live one street over. I had a guy who, I'll tell you this right now, there's this guy, and I, well, the only thing I said, I wrote back, I went, I first off wrote, Bill, shh, let's just keep that our little secret. Yeah. I don't want other people to know. I'm on TV. And the other one, there's this guy named David. He wrote something nasty on my Facebook. And I went, so you went to my Facebook page and went to a to – a, I had a video of my kids. This is going to be oh, chilling. Yeah, this is going to yeah. be chilling. Like, you know about this. Double yeah. A don't know. I had a video of my kids at Monster Jam where they sat us right next to where they come out. Now, I got Axel and Eli with me. And Eli, you know, Eli is um, it, it, Eli has a little bit of extra care, mm-hmm. and so Eli's really excited. And it was a great day, great day. And I'm like, you found a video that I posted and posted this about me on a video of my kids, thinking this was a good idea. Immediately deleted. And then the other day, I'm looking at something about I was on my Instagram. The same guy posts like the same comment on my Instagram and I couldn't help myself. I replied, I go, do you want to go on my Facebook and post this on my Facebook? Like you did a few months ago for good measure. (laughs) Like he didn't think I'd remember him. Delete block. I'm like, dude, I, I got a mind like an elephant. I remember a face. I, sometimes I forget, like if I'm in a big setting, like if we are a tailgate and I feel bad about, I feel bad if I don't remember a listener, I always feel bad about that. But I'm really good at remembering a face and remembering a name. And I try to be careful about that. But it's, it, it is why, like, people are like, what do you like better? Do you like TV or radio? I go, I love radio. TV's fine. I love radio because they give you a chance to understand you. And it's just people who watch TV, they can be downright mean. Radio people give you a chance. They really do. I know that not, not all ex- – I know there's been some people who have been upset about some of your takes compared mm-hmm. to mine. And I always make a joke and say, well, I got a better bedside manner than you. And it's tr- that part yeah, is true. Yeah, but I'm mellowing out. Well, that's true, too. I'm, I'm, it, it, I, Once you have kids. I'm disgusted with myself. 
because uh, the victory Every laps. Every now and then you get mad. The, but the victory laps I should have done over Baker and Colin Sexton. I only did a little mini jog. It should have been an all-out sprint. Why didn't it you? It should have been an ultra marathon. Why didn't you? I'm losing it. I'm losing my edge. No. I'm all buttoned up doing Mac games you, now. You'll get it. Oh, welcome over here. We are here at Peden Stadium, historic Peden Stadium. Old Lima would have been like, yeah, let's go. You will get it back when Sarah eventually leaves you. Say hello to my <laughs> the old Lima. <laughs> now I'm boring. It's gonna this is gonna ruin uh, my radio. Way, but I, I do wanna does anybody ever get nervous about that sort of thing? Like, not like illness and sickness. Like, that mm. that part, that can be really – but, like, like I've been, like, walking. I'm like, okay, you're, you're, you're getting better. Yeah. Or at least your, your pain is masked because of the shot, which is still not a good thing, I guess. But you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to figure that out next Tuesday on the podcast. They're saying drizzly rain that they could start the game and the nasty stuff comes later don't, tonight. Don't. Then you're starting and stopping your pitcher. Don't. Just don't even start it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.